Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come in your presence, Father. I thank you that you made us each an important part of your body, Father, and that Jesus is the head and how we're to reflect what he does, what he thinks, what he says, what he calls us to do as a body in unity. Father, right now, I just pray that we would be able to come together. And for those of us who have had challenges in relationships, especially the believing relationships where walls have been built up, that you would speak to our hearts and allow us to become soft and tender before you, Father, that you would be able to remove the barrier that keeps us from being blessed by you, that we would know that we honor you because we follow your example in forgiveness. Father, I thank you for every opportunity that we get to shine your light. May we shine it brightly for the world to see and to understand it is distinctive and it is set apart. There is no other light in the world that can capture its radiance or even come close. So I thank you for each and every listener and that their heart would become tender. Father, I thank you for each of them in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus as always. As we get started, we want you guys to know two things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Just a quick reminder, if you are in need of prayer, prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Do not hesitate to reach out for all the links for all the things. You can find us at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So this week... It looks like we are finishing the series on Colossians. And last week we discussed a really interesting thing that can happen when you are engaging with scripture. You have to be prepared that different things are are going to pop out to you. And when you engage with scripture, there are layers to be had. There one of the fascinating things that I have found even in the brief tenure of my time as a Christian and as well as discussing this with uh, older saints that these these verses can be combed over. And that's kind of the situation that we found ourselves in. So we're engaging now with Colossians chapter four and there is this big theme starting at chapter two that goes through the rest of the book and that's prayer prayer is something that most christians i would venture to say find to be this um kind of mysterious thing and i i I say that because i know for myself even though i i had the wonderful opportunity to be able to sit under the learning tree of some some really wise older saints, I'm just now figuring out what this whole prayer thing is is about, and it's one of those things that because it's it's so commonly discussed, it, you find a lot of different um, Christian opinions 
about prayer, about our call to prayer, and Paul talks a lot about this. So we want to go ahead and pay attention to the instruction that we are given here at the end of Colossians. Reading from Colossians, starting at verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Tychius will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychius will tell you everything that's happening here. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends, us, sends you his greeting, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers, and they are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are living in the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and at Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the church and Laodicea so they can read it too, and you should read the letter I wrote them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. So far in the book of Colossians, this has been a letter about Christ and his work in changing people. We started off by exploring the full image of God that we have in Christ. We went on to talking about the instructions for different relationships, on to what we have to celebrate and our attitude that we carry about. And now this is like Paul's, you know, exiting orders to instruction on, on going off and interacting with the Lord. And Paul has dealt thoroughly with the redemption of believers in these first three chapters so far getting to this point. But as he moves towards 
his conclusion. He encourages those that are reading this letter to consider their own responsibility in spreading the gospel. The individual's responsibility on pushing forward the kingdom of God. In this short section, Paul talks about different areas of life that we have to consider if we are going to take serious our responsibility of sharing the gospel. This includes the way that we pray, how it is that we live, and, and what it is that we say. We've talked about how we are Christ's representative here on earth. And the things that we do, the things that we say, how we act, all of that is part of us being Christians, us pointing back to God, right? If we walk, like we talked about last week, if we walk around with a bad attitude, then how is that reflective on God? And it's the same thing with how we say, how we interact, and, and the purposefulness that we take in our mission to push forward the kingdom. If we're going to take serious our holy responsibility to push forward the kingdom, then we have to consider how it is that we act, and specifically with, with what Paul is talking about here, how it is that we pray. A little aside here for a moment, um, I'll be the first one to admit, I've been very slow on the pickup as far as what exactly is prayer, how it is that we pray, things of that nature. And we've talked about this before, but we thought it was a good idea to kind of bring forward this topic of prayer because it's been a while since we've talked about this. And I've talked about before that I kind of had this misconception that prayer was for the elite, for the elite, that it was the elite that kind of had God's hotline, you know, that, that those of, that those of us common folk didn't necessarily, um, hold the, the same kind of sway as far as, as, as far as prayer goes. And I know everything that I'm saying right now, I know two things about it. One, I understand that it's not biblical. I understand that. Now, at standing where I'm at now, I can see the flaws in that mode of thinking. But unfortunately, the other thing that I can see about that is I know I'm not the only one who thinks that way. I know I'm not the only one that sees prayer as this mysterious thing. And we can point to different parts of the Bible where we get instruction on how to pray, but we also get instruction on the posture that we are called to have when we enter into prayer. I'm going to jump in. Um, and I'll say that you're not slow to this because I'll, uh, my own story is I was 43 before I understood prayer to be more than just a checklist. 
And by that, I mean we talk to God about the things that are concerning us, which can be very, I want to say, heartfelt or engaged in. But there's a big difference between that prayer and the prayer of coming before God and just communing or listening to Him speak and then sharing out of that what He, he reveals to you. So prayer is very important, but I, I always find it interesting that it universally, and I can't say, I should, maybe not, that's not the best word because I can't say what the rest of the world's like, but in the churches that I've been, prayer has always been a certain kind of format. Hi, God. You're great, God. This is what's happening in my life, God. Can you take care of it? Thank you, God. You're awesome. And then that's it. So basically, you know, it's a little bit of tongue in cheek in there, but as it follows that format. You open up to God, you praise him, and you'll see these little acronyms and everything of how to pray effectively and everything. And it seems like that is the way you do it. That's the standard. That is what a lot of denominations do. And it's unfortunate. Um, and there are a lot of times that you hear, boy, people say in, Maybe I've said this, I don't really recall it, but I would like to pray the way that person prays. Yeah. Um, and for me, that would be a quiet, reverential relationship prayer where there's not that push to get something out. There are some people that get excited with loud prayers. I'm not one of them. There are some people who like people who command the storms in prayers. You know, it depends on what point in my life I'm at. You know, so we 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 can come to prayer, to the idea of prayer that has nothing to do with the reality of prayer. And by that, I mean it should look a certain way. It should feel a certain way. It should roll off the tongue in a certain way. Sometimes a broken heart says a broken prayer and it touches the heart of God. You know, we know from scripture that God does not turn his back on the broken and bruised. And if our prayers are that way, how much more is he going to listen to them? They don't have to be, what is it, that, that flowery, wordy kind of prayer. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but how you would speak to a friend and hopefully you speak nicely to a friend would be the way you would speak to God, you know, or let's say that's the starting point. So it can be as simple as that. And I know people who, who really refuse to pray out loud in front of other people, which is mind blowing for me. But there are people that are like that. And there's a reason why, because they don't want to look foolish they don't know how to pray the right way. You know, all these little reasons that they sound so small when you talk about what prayer is, but they grip these people in a way they can't get past. And as fellow believers, how do we get them through that? Maybe we just do the mundane, well, not the mundane, the authentic people to people kind of prayer to God. Not this kind of, I'm going before the great arbiter of the universe, you know, or whatever title you want to, or, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. So I find that interesting.
it's no heavily guarded secret that if you've been listening to the show for any measure of time, that very seldom are you going to hear me pray. Everything that Edgar said about the fear of looking foolish, the fear of feeling embarrassed, or I don't pray as good as other people pray, so I might as well default to the person who prays better than I do, sort of thing. And so what I want to point out is two things. One, if you're listening and you have contended with this feeling like I don't pray good enough, think about the fact that Edgar, again, measuring his relationship with God in decades at this point, started off by that same kind, expressing a shade of that, but also you can be in front of a microphone. You can be in doing, you can be doing a Christian podcast and still hide behind somebody else who you feel is praise better than you do. I think this worked out very well for this to be its own standalone topic because I think a lot of people have either grown up thinking or have it have had it installed in their head that either they they aren't saying enough 10 cent words or they aren't making it sound good enough or it's a little rough around the edges and it doesn't incite that feeling amongst other Christians that they're just going to go ahead and pray to themselves. The reality is, is that we, we, our God is a God that appreciates all of it. And that's hard to wrap your mind around. That's easy to say, but very hard to put into practice when you try and overcome the human element, right? Especially those of us that contend with um, things like chemical imbalances or um, mindsets that say that we're, we're less than or something along those lines because all of that can become this snowball of negativity towards interacting with God. That's just the reality of the situation. And that might not seem like a big deal at surface value. So what? I don't pray out loud. So what? I pray to myself. But the reality is, is that we are called to pray in a way that focuses on the work of the gospel. In our lives and in the lives of people around us, we're called to have a certain kind of posture in prayer and a certain kind of posture in having conversation with the Father. This is something that caught my eye when going back and reading the Lord's Prayer. This prayer that is that that so many people can recite off the top of the head in this way. But take a second and break down the posture that the Lord's Prayer calls you into immediately. Our Father. It immediately breaks down this pious, approaching the altar sort of posture that we have that, oh, we have to sound our best. We have to have all of the best words. We have to know all of the Christianese in order to approach the altar. But no, our Father, our Dad, 
approaching it that way and understanding that that's the posture that we are called into before anything else, before getting to the point of praying with authority or praying with a focus on the efficacy and work of the gospel, that you are tapping into something beyond yourself. You are called into this intimacy before anything else. And it's important to, to, to point that out because it's, it's hard to conceptualize that when you're in the, we'll call it the heat of the moment. When you're in that moment of actually praying and all of those preconceived notions start to flood it. Here, here, here's, a, here's a thought, Joe. Um, when we talk to our parents, we talk to them about anything and we talk in the way we would normally speak. And when you were talking about reverential um, language with God, how many of us speak to God the way we would talk to our parents? And and this is not in, in any disrespect to God. This is not in taking away from his holiness. This is talking about the closeness and intimacy of, you know, hey, mom, can I speak with you for a moment? Hey, dad, I, I have a problem. And being able to go into that intimate relationship without any walls now of course you know a lot of people are not going to be able to correlate with that picture of speaking with their parents because of human relationships but the idea the everybody understands what a good parent is and how it is wonderful to have the idea of a good father and a good mother one you could talk with and just really open up and share and i would even use the word confess things you know if we can do that with God and not hold back and say, you know, God, I, I, I have a problem and I know you know what it is already, but I really got to tell it to you. Um, and I'm embarrassed by it. I, I, it's holding me back. I, I don't want to speak to you because it's barring me. You know, prayer like that is something that draws God's ear. Um, and I think that's the, the prayer that God intends. God intends for you to speak to him in a way that is relationship, that is intimate. There are people uh, who can pray with a barrier up without really getting close to God. And you might say, and it might be a good way to describe it, they pray at God. Um, but that kind of prayer doesn't change the heart, doesn't change the situation. Um, and for me, I know when I'm not praying intimately or when I'm praying with a barrier up. I mean, there's sometimes God is taking you to a level, not because you're doing something sinful, but you don't want to go where he's taking you because you know it's at a cost to yourself and a cost to everything that you're familiar with. And that's the strange thing about the world. As terrible as, as it is, it is familiar. And going into the unknown with God can be a very scary place. 
Now, I know that there are a lot of people who say, oh, I will go gun ho I will go wherever the Lord leads me. Wonderful. Hold to that when he calls you to it. It is very hard because, in my, and this is my opinion, this is my opinion. When he calls you to that, it is to change you. That, in my mind, means it's going to be very messy. Uh, you may find out that you're not who you think you are. You may find out you have a long way to go, but it's okay because God is the one who makes the results. He's the one who brings you to the finish line. He is the one that completes you. He is the one who finishes the masterpiece. It's not really us that do it, but we can hold back because we're frightened of what's going to come, even though we know it's for our better, even though we know it can be painful, but will produce fruit. The Bible talks about him pruning the vine so that it can bear more fruit. Well, everyone understands, or hopefully everyone understands, pruning means something gets cut. Something living gets cut, and it is meant to die, no longer be part of the branch no longer to be part of the vine. It gets cut in a way that it is not going to be transplanted someplace else. It is gone. And that's what some parts of our lives will be. It is meant to get pruned so that we become better. Prayer, talking to God intimately about those times, can be the biggest, I'm going to use the metaphor, watering that we can get to grow stronger quickly or heal quickly that part that has been pruned and to bear more fruit. God intends to bear you to bear more fruit. He doesn't intend to punish you. There's a misconception that God's doing stuff to punish you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about consequences. I'm talking about pruning. I'm talking about the things that you're going, that all things work together for good. We know that... If, and here, this is an image that came earlier when somebody else was speaking on a different subject. If you are messing around with sin, imagine you're doing stuff with your hands that are sinful. And you get blisters and everything. And you want to do the work of God. You can't do the work of God because your hands are all blistery and it's painful and it's hard to do things. Um, and it, the skin cracks. And I'm not going to get into too much graphic there, but you understand. So there needs to be a healing or a repentance that causes the hand to heal so that you can do the things of God. God wants you to do what he has planned for you. He delights in the idea of you doing it. How much more will he delight when you're actually doing it? So prayer helps you get to that point, to put things into perspective. God, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I really hate this. and. I don't know, do you hate me? You know, how honest is that? We know that it's not true. God doesn't hate a person. God is calling that person. But the more you pray in intimacy, the more likely you're going to stop at one point and say, you speak. And we can allow the Holy Spirit to intercede at that moment and talk to us. Some of us are so, I'm going to use the word chatty, that we don't know how to stop. But if we go to the Bible, the words will pop out. You know, is that going to always be true for everybody? 
Probably not, but it won't. For some people, it does pop out. God, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. And then you, you go to the Bible, and there it says, "Do not fear." Um, and then you realize, you know, you have been fearful. So these are the different types of prayers. You can go ahead and and be intimate in prayer, and allow God to touch you because you're being real. Now. We have said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Listening is a type of prayer as well. Your mouth does not have to be moving for it to be prayer. As a matter of fact, it, listening might be the most life-changing prayer you do.、And、people who sit in silence will hear God speak. It's just a given. I, I think I don't want to say it's a it, it's a principle or anything like that, but. There is something to be said for being still and being silent before God. And an example of that would be、um, Paul on the road to Damascus was struck blind. He had to sit three days. He fasted, and he fasted without food or water. You know, I guarantee you there was a lot of quiet there, and God had gotten him to a point where he was at the end of himself. Now this was a man who thought he was doing everything for God and doing it right, so much so that he could, ha ha, look at this! I'm the greatest、um, Jewish follower of God, you know.、Um, and he found out, you know, he was hurting God. That is a big thing when you when you love God in your works, to find out that you've really been robbing Him. That is a huge thing to get hit with, but it was prayer. Prayer was what God forced Paul to do, in a way that wasn't the traditional prayers of the Jewish temple. I'm not not knocking Ju- Judaism or anything like that, but I'm the ritual of religion is not the replacement for real Christianity. Okay. There's T-shirt material right there, <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't just have to be Judaism. You would use this word chatty, right? This is the type of relationship that we that so many of us, and I say us because I am in this boat. That I was raised. You still, for the few times that you have heard me pray on this show, you've heard me pray in Jesus' name, Amen. It's like this. Instinct that pops into my head—that that is how I have to end the prayer. It's almost like muscle memory at this point. You know what I mean?、And、I think that that's part of what kicks in. Is this is what I've been taught? This is what I've said a, a hundred times, and we've been taught that it's this that that it's a monologue versus a dialogue versus a conversation. I keep coming, get, getting drawn back to people like Moses, people like David. If you want to see an honest cry of the heart, look at the Psalms. Look at what David wrote in the Psalms. Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned David, because this is a man you knew where you stood with him. God knew exactly what was at the front of David's heart. Um, Saul was a different story. God knew what was on Saul's heart, but Saul liked to hide it. He hid it from people, and that was his problem: is he was inauthentic. He he was, you know, if he was in school, 
he was a jock. He was the pretty boy. He was the man's man. He was all this stuff that a lot of people would wind up, you know, giving us accolades. But his heart, um, he hid that from people. And the thing is, there was a lot of darkness in his heart. And it comes out in his life. You can't hide it. It does spill out. And what does it, how does it spill out? Just apply a little pressure. And it comes out. You know, he lied to um, Samuel. He, you know, he, he went to the Witch of Edor. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was not, what do you call it? He didn't fool himself. That's my opinion. He didn't fool himself because he was very happy to be angry when he thought somebody was getting the better of him. And so David, on the other hand, this guy was all over the place emotionally. And I remember one one psalm that he talked in it. And I'm reading it. He's just angry. He's just venting. He's like putting a curse on the grandchildren of his enemies. I'm going like, this guy is blowing up. And he gets that out of his system. And what does he do next? He praises God. And it's really a beautiful kind of worship praise kind of thing. And he let that junk out. Now, people would say, you know, he's like a wacko. Um, he's going from one end to the other. But the thing is, I think that God loved him because no matter how, and I'm going to use the word twisted, his outbursts were or his mindset was, he came back to God. He wanted to do right by God. He sought God. He loved God. He couldn't do things, I want to say, with purity. He could, and that's humanity. That's a hum, as much as we try to do things in our own strength, it is not going to be on the level that Jesus did things. But when we become aligned with the Holy Spirit and aligned with God, the deeds of our hand do advance the kingdom. So that tells me I have hope. If this man can, you know, pendulum swing to almost makes a full circle, then I have hope. Um, because it's not about the man, it's about the God. And that God says, I love this man who goes one side to the other real quick. And and we know that God loved him. We know because God expressed it. God's hand was on David. Regardless of what we think of uh, his failures, what is true is God's devotion, God's calling on that man. And that man responded to that. God sought him out and got him anointed. God sought him out. David didn't seek God out. God sought him out. And that is true for every human being. God seeks you out. And you find this out through prayer. You find this out through things. And as you come into intimacy with prayer, you start to see your life history where God has been reaching out to you constantly. If if you are of the mindset to look for it, you will see it. When I look back at my life, and I don't say I take inventory, but I just look at, reflect on certain things. You know, things like, oh man, that could have costed me my life. I know that God had prevented it. Why? Because he loved me. He sought me out. Not because I'm some grand, wonderful person. I'm not. But God is that amazing God. 
and he's desiring of a relationship of intimacy with every single human being on the planet you take your worst enemy god desires a relationship with that person the power of prayer is to come into communion with god not to be talking at him not to deliver a list but to come in communion before him and to say god what's on your mind there's many levels that we can do that we can do it different ways one person you joe could do it differently than i do it but it's about getting into that intimacy with god i find it fascinating how sometimes people will look at me as though i you know <laughs> i don't, i don't want to say that common saying about growing a third eye but they look at me like i'm twisted when i say god is you know that god likes it when we ask him about his day you know what what is he planning or or things like that and i did get that one time and it was funny cuz it pretty much ended the conversation with this christian man who was doing a christian business who was telling me how he could get me involved it was a christian mlm and just to tell the story in its full context so people can say he was selling books and i said the story on the podcast before and it was a 150 a month worth of books i don't have 50 to be buying with books 150 are you kidding me and i'm not that fast of a reader but he was all dressed up and very business very professional and i was in my gap flannel that was a little fuzzy and everything so i was really not dressed apart so to speak so he asked me don't you think can what well, he said you know i pray every morning god show me how i can help somebody he might have said influence somebody into being a better christian a christian excuse me and then he asked me can you think of a better prayer than that and i said yes and i repeated what somebody told me god invite me into your day he pretty much wrapped up his spiel and ended it there within 5 minutes and mind you we were talking for an hour about this mlo mlm plan that he had 5 right. minutes and it was over when i asked when i when i told him god invite me into your day i mean how do you respond to that when you have something that says i'm going to build up god's kingdom I'm going to make people's lives better. I'm going to build I'm going to be the next Jesus Christ and I'm saying this that's not what he said. But it's sort of like that. I'm I'm making myself a god in God's king. And then taking a place of humility and asking God to invite me into your day. Where does God's eyes fall between those two mindsets? I think God is always attracted to true humility. um one that doesn't call attention to itself um and i learned that phrase from somebody else and it stood with me because it rang true we and we see this in in colossians where paul says pray for this person this person this this person that he's bringing to mind people who have helped advance the kingdom of god people who influence by just doing people who are not calling attention to themselves um and i think nympha had a church that met at her house how cool is that you know and she was bringing the gospel out 
in her house. She was just doing that. You know, these people that Paul mentions, it's almost like, look at all these people who are doing things differently and they're affecting your lives and they're affecting the kingdom of God. And prayer is a part of this. Pray for them. They always pray for you. So we have this going back and forth of prayer for people, prayer for um, between the workers and the receivers. And however you want to think about this, just this wonderful, and I'm going to term it volleyball of prayer. It's just getting passed around and everybody's doing their opportunity to, you know, hit the prayer ball over to the next person. And there is such a connection with God's people coming in the heart of prayer and praying for each other's well-being not so that God will straighten them up, but for each other's well-being and that God would be glorified and there'd be an example that would go out into the world. And prayer becomes this wonderful, wonderful tool, catalyst, whatever word you want to say, that invites us into the presence of God to love others as we love ourselves. So prayer is a lot more than we give it credit for. It is something that God has initiated for us to take part in. And it would seem like the most effective prayers come from a stance of conversationalism, that it's this cyclical sort of thing. When you see the rawness of what Paul is laying out here, it should provide a pretty good window into the posture that we are called to have as Christians. Um, I'm still at this stage in my life learning what it means to pray with intentionality, to have a purpose behind what it is that I'm saying that to not be praying out of a strictly self-centered point of view. You know, asking God for things, okay. That's not, we're not saying don't pray for anything. I know for myself, I found that the deeper that I went into this rabbit hole of why do I feel like other Christians are getting their, their prayers answered or their prayers heard, but I'm not. The more I realize that I'm not listening. And that's the that's the that's a major challenge that I have for a lot of Christians who might feel like their prayers are falling on deaf ears. The original motif of this episode was centered around some questions that we got from a listener asking about how do I know when I'm actually hearing from God. Why do I feel like my prayers aren't being answered? And like I said at the start of this thing, I've been there. I've done that. Where I feel like elite Christians have God's hotline. And those of us who don't know, do, who don't do it right, don't have God's hotline. And, and unfortunately, I think I'm far from the only person who thinks that way. You may be praying about something that is very specific to your situation. You may be praying about something that's very specific to another person's situation. Maybe a loved one, maybe a friend, whatever. 
But a lot of times those prayers are centered around a question. God, what are you doing? God, can you do this? God, can you do that? That sort of thing. But to bring it back to a, a mental illustration that I brought up the last time that we talked about this, envision yourself at the park bench. You are in a park bench in the middle of a park. There's a man sitting on the bench and you inherently understand that that is Jesus. And your instinct is to download. Your instinct is to be like, okay, Jesus, A, B, C through uh, X, Y, Z. This is everything. But what happens when you stop and you listen? When you stop talking, you stop the stimuli. And you take the posture of understanding, okay, I am having this conversation. I have said my piece. Now I want to hear what you have to say. When you enter into that posture, that is something entirely different. And that is dynamic and universal. For those of us out there that have questioned the efficacy of prayer to begin with, that's a good starting point for understanding the efficacy of prayer. When you ask, when you tell, when you conversate, when you have that moment where you speak your mind and you speak your heart, which God loves, it can be unorganized. It can be dirty and a little misshapen, and that's okay. God's not going to throw it out just because it's a little misshapen and a little, we'll say, off-color. You know, a part that comes to mind, and it, you know, it's, it's, is it a big part of my life group prayer? <laughs> that just popped in a funny story into my head. Um, I'll save that for like the next minute. But sometimes we don't have the opportunity to pray in a group, and it's always good. And in our prayer episodes, we did a, an experiment, which if you guys have not listened to it, I think you should just backtrack to i don't know when it was uh it is probably it was, a, it was a couple of months ago and it was an episode called the prayer experiment you guys should definitely go back and listen to that yeah yeah and i still remember because you guys are listening to our voices but i got to see joe's expression at the end of the prayer experiment and it was it was golden I, it was it was right on it just let me know that god did something <laughs> prayer in a group does something and we discussed it at length in the that episode i want to say the supernaturalness um and the normalness of praying as a group we don't really think about it because we think about prayer as a physical act. We get together, we say words, we send it up to God. But we do not think of these words actually connecting because the Holy Spirit that's in me is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. And when we're praying together, the Holy Spirit, I'm, and if I'm thinking there's just some, some, I don't know how to say, but some kind of something is happening on a supernatural level it's almost like a tuning fork and they do this experiment 
with a tuning fork where they'll tap it and it'll tune and somebody's standing you know far downstage with a tuning fork and it picks up the tuning which I, blows my mind because you know that's not something i ever knew about or understood but it's sort of like that 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 our bodies that contain the holy spirit is being tuned in the same way the tuning fork that wasn't struck is being tuned and we come into prayer now imagine that spreading across the city across the state across the country across the world you know that people getting together and praying at the same time now this does occur we don't know it, it happens without our understanding but i guarantee you if i start praying right now somebody around the world is praying and in my mind there's a line that's drawn from me to that person but that person's not the only one at that time seven and a half billion people on the planet or more two billion to three billion christians somebody else three people are praying so now we have the two and the three gathered in his name and you form a perfect triangle or lopsided triangle what kind of a kind of triangle and everything be in that triangle is now holy ground that's an amazing thing that's and that's just my mind working like that saying that we've connected and we've created an environment for god that's how big god is he thinks on a level that we cannot we cannot understand how he thinks but we can catch glimpses because he reveals it and his word says he reveals mysteries to the people who seek them out so when we are praying we can pray in a group we could pray individually but i would say when we're praying individually realize that you're not really alone in that prayer aside from god and his kingdom and the angels all around who are witnesses there are people physical people grandmas fathers children doctors lawyers tax people you know praying at the same time people in different countries praying at the same time and you can just say lord i join in with that prayer and i lead in this way and being connected don't limit yourself to yourself when you pray expand it out to god's kingdom god's realm and 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 i draw a picture of revelations when the multitudes are in heaven and they're singing worship and all the nations are there gathered up singing it's sort of like this is the precursor of that you do not have to feel like you're alone you can go ahead and pray knowing that somewhere some place in this world somebody else is lifting up their voice to god at that very moment too maybe praying something different maybe praying the same thing maybe praying for you god for the person who's calling out this moment i join them in prayer father fulfill your kingdom work in their lives god invite me into your day whatever it looks like now some people may poo poo how you pray may say it's too flowery it's not our name you know God says, you know, pray from the heart. And we see that the tax collector, he said, "Forgive me, I'm a sinner." A good prayer is, "Help me, Jesus." And it's funny. You can pray these wonderful prayers that are so right before God, 
and a person whose opinion you value or hold to a certain regard may say something a little bit off that can detract from you or distract from you but don't let it don't let it derail you and i'll give you an example but this is funny this is not terrible this is not a terrible thing that happened i don't want you to think that i was part of a small group that met in my house and i was asked to pray to close in prayer and people gave a list of things they wanted prayer for so i'm thinking i gotta pray for these things and they spouted off seven things and so i prayed for each one of those and i was okay lord help me remember these things i gotta pray for them as we close and i prayed and i hit every seven one of those and then i closed off with the in jesus name amen which is a habit of mine i do it a lot i don't think the prayer is invalid if it doesn't help me jesus works just as well and so at the end of my prayer for each item that was lifted up the mother of the pastor said Ooh, that was a long prayer <laughs> and i laughed because she's the one that asked me to pray i laughed inwardly but i was a little bit you know my jaw on the ground but it was funny it's funny because i thought that's what she had wanted and it wasn't it was just closed up in prayer you know we we got to get the desserts i guess but it was funny so you know did that derail my praying no obviously not i i love to pray i love to talk to god um you know do i do it 100 no sometimes i'm just like oh i don't want to go down this road and i have to i have to really if i want to grow with god i have to go down the road and it can be difficult it really can um so for all of you who are struggling with it just keep pushing somebody's praying with you at the same time you're praying and it's just another human being like like you um we're finite and god is there to meet you in the prayer so you really have a lot of good company with you you know all the the cloud of witnesses are watching you and they're cheering you are get into this prayer life that is not about talking at god right. but about communicating and drawing closer and being with him he adores you and he loves to hear you speak to him about the things not only the things that are important to you but the things that you're curious about and also when you say what's on your mind and then he gets to share now that's probably where you're going to do the most growth when you're asking questions you tend not to listen until you're quiet so it's just like a child you know we can ask a billion questions but have we stopped to really understand the answer or the question the uh the one we're given before we go to the next question so we we can be mindful of that but i think prayer listening will be the best growth opportunity for you and of course that does come with reading your bible and with the the point of meeting god in there i i i used to be one of those people that would be the read your bible through in a year kind of um ball and chain mode leviticus would always kill me i would not get far because it was so hard so hard to get through that for me and i know that and i i actually googled it so i found it um that there is a study of jesus and leviticus 
which you know I've put on my my things to do, and I hope sooner than later. Um, but there's a lot of meaningful, meaningful things in the places we've already looked. If we would just take the moment to stop and look and listen. All right. So, on that note, let's go ahead and try this. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had to be able to discuss this. Father, I thank you that um, we have the opportunity to be able to explore these things, um, to be able to talk about these things. Father, I pray that you give um, the confidence and the wisdom to your people to be able to stop and listen to not just download but to understand when it's time to be quiet and listen for you father thank you that we can count on you god i'm so thankful that we can count on you that we can just turn to you when when we when we go to to discuss with you father thank you for who and what you are in jesus name amen thanks for tuning in to buddy walk with jesus for more information check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com look for us on apple podcasts and leave a rating and a review you can also find us on discord at the buddy walk community for prayer and fellowship and lastly if you check out the episode description We have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.